boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. It's a Boxing Day special here on the Total Bees Show, but we ain't selling anything. It's actually going to be a different tone today, at least for the first part of the podcast, because something pretty serious has happened in Winnipeg Wrestling, and it requires us to take a moment and talk about it. And I'm here with producer Chris. It's episode yep. 35 of the Total Bees Show, and this one might be the most important one we ever talk about. Chris, thank you for having me. I, I'm glad to be, well, not glad to be here, but we're here under the circumstances and uh, let's get down to business. So going back about 10 days, December the 16th, an incident happened at a local wrestling show that was really, I don't know how to put it into words. And one guy that I talk about a lot in the podcast has been Outlaw Adam Knight. And I believe after today, I may never talk about him again. And that's not because I'm judging him for his actions. People might think I've judged him for his actions, but that is not true. What has happened here was an un- unfortunate incident. And you can go on the Total She's social media and see the video. It isn't good. It's bad. And as a result, Adam Knight seemingly quit the CWE and possibly even retired. The CWE, the promoter of the show, is. there's been questions about how they handled it. I'm here to say right now, I think they handled it perfectly. They acknowledged it happened. They apologized for it. And they're moving on. Yep. And they should. The wrestler, Adam Knight, what he did was bad. How he handled it after was the only thing he can take some level of pride in. He acknowledged what he did. He apologized for it. And he's possibly moving on himself. In this era of 2022, going on 2023, it's called cancel culture. And if you get physical, if you physically engage with a paying member of the audience at a wrestling show, you have to have your ass covered. And it has to be proven that you were defending yourself, that you didn't instigate it, that you didn't initiate it, and that you were doing the only thing you could to defend yourself. And, and yeah, before we go, go any further, maybe we should paint the picture of what actually happened because yeah, we haven't I'm said getting that. There. I'm getting there. It was a show in Winnipeg on December 16th and Adam Knight, who is the, you know, one of the top heels in the company was involved in the main event, and it was outside of the ring and he gives a clothesline. I think it was to James Roth. I, I didn't identify who took the clothesline. It was a great clothesline though. Whoever took the clothesline did it perfectly. As Adam Knight then goes to get a pizza box and, and you can see this video online it's on the Total Bishis page, so you have some context. Adam Knight grabs a pizza box, and he's going to continue to work over, I believe it was James Roth, and three fans in the front row, uh, one of them flicks his cowboy hat. It's not a dangerous situation. It's a very easy situation. The hat didn't come off his head. There was no damage to the hat. There was no risk of, of danger to Adam Knight. He wasn't under attack. He easily could have stood his ground and then backed up, he could have he could have heckled them, he could have taunted them, but he was not in any danger. But he took 
quite a, quite a fence to it. And he came up and he shoved the wrong guy, shoves him once, then basically stands his ground, challenges him, shoves him again. And in a different camera angle, it actually looked worse on the second shove. It looked more like a strike. Um, and then you see the, one of the three guys patting Adam Knight on the shoulder saying, seemingly saying it's okay. Just, we don't want any trouble. It almost seemed Adam Knight stops, looks at the guy. There might've been a word exchange. For some reason, the guy who was just patting him on the shoulder, flipped him the middle finger, which is not dangerous for a wrestler. Any wrestler that's been in this situation is not at risk of getting hurt from getting the middle finger from a fan. Or being heckled, for that matter, is not dangerous. Heels should expect to be heckled. And if you listen to the video, you hear him getting heckled relentlessly. Adam Knight hauled off and slapped the fan. Yeah, it was a solid connection. It was a slap. It was assault. It was abuse. It was a problem. No question about it. Now, I don't need to dissect this, and I don't need to pass judgment on Adam Knight. But the people who should pass judgment on Adam Knight aren't necessarily fans. It should not necessarily be pundits like yourself. It should be people who've either who are either in the industry or people who have in the past had to deal with Adam Knight in the industry. Right. Much as myself. I was the one who dealt with it in 2003 when something very similar happened with Adam Knight. Now, in Adam Knight's apology the next day and he announced he was done with CWE and he full, took full full blame for what happened. Um, he acknowledged that the three, he says that they were special needs spectators. Well, that adds to the damage here because we don't know, you know, vulnerable people can be affected by this, right? And it can affect them really badly. And it's I'm not, I'm not passing judgment on Adam Knight. I'm just telling you the facts because that's what you want me to do, Chris. Yes. And I think I've painted the picture fairly accurately. You have. I've, I've seen the, I mean, I wasn't there, but I've seen the video. You're, you're, you're right on point. Okay. So Knight has been, I've picked apart every promo he's cut. I told the story about the 2000 slapping the fan. I told the story about him punching me in 2008. It's a pattern of abuse. And and then I was told about from another promoter that there was another incident which was verbal abuse to people with special needs. I've talked to the victim and he told me that he is slightly autistic and that one of the other guys had Down syndrome. So that's to put it into perspective. I give full credit to the Canadian wrestling Canadian wrestling's elite because immediately they policed their own locker room. They held Adam Knight accountable and Adam Knight left the building soon after the incident, knowing full well, he was in a lot of hot water. Um, one of the guys in the match took issue with it, who had 32 years as a veteran, easy rider publicly came out and, and further chastised Adam Knight the next day. I shared it on social media and, and there was people saying it was cause I was relishing in what Adam Knight went through. And that's not exactly accurate. What I wanted to see was I didn't want it to get swept under the rug. Right. I, I And I fully expected that there were going to be wrestlers and wrestling people who say, well, why wasn't there guardrails? And why wasn't security there? It doesn't change the fact that a 27-year 20 veteran went into business for himself and yep. screwed up. Okay, that's the worst I'm going to say about Adam Knight today. I don't want to see him get canceled. For 27 years 
wrestling has been the biggest part of his life. Maybe his daughter or his child or whatever is probably the best thing that's ever happened to him. And there's a lot of things that might be going on behind the scenes in the poor guy with the poor guy. And it's going to take time for this to, to stop, to boil over basically. And it's going to take somebody who's willing to look at all the positives and ignore at least four issues where this guy used violence or abusive language inappropriately as a professional. And for that reason, you would be banished from any pro sports league. Nobody would take a chance on you knowing your track record. But I believe the outlaw should get one last chapter to, to ride one last time and to be able to say his sorry publicly with his actions and to say thank you for being allowed to have 27 years in this business. That's what I believe. And people are going to be shocked to hear me say that because he seemed to be my favorite whipping boy. In fact, somebody suggested that some of the things I said to him might have contributed to this. Well, no, because he did not listen to the Total B She Show. No. Not once. So here's what I believe. At some point, if the CWE can forgive him and the guys in the locker room can not only forgive him, but trust him enough, one day, maybe six months down the road, he should be allowed to come back for his final ride. And what should happen then, whether that's a one-show deal or a three-show series, it's not fair for Danny Duggan to have to produce Adam Knight because you book a guy with 27 years experience and you think, you know what, he's going to get it, right? But he doesn't get it. So he's going to need a special producer because when Danny Duggan wrestles and promotes and produces, it takes a lot of babying. Adam Knight to get him to the finish line. And he still doesn't follow direction. So he needs to hire his own producer. No, this isn't me saying, hey, Mike Davidson, although I could produce him, I know how hard it is to produce him. He needs his own producer for his own retirement match. And that producer is the Mecca Shane Madison. Somebody who is, who has a lot of respect of Adam Knight, someone who can say, stick to the, stick to this promo do this in the match, and by no means do you physically interact with the fans. And I'm going to throw it out there to the B-She's listeners. Go to social media. If you don't think Adam Knight should ever wrestle again, say so. But if you believe, like me, that 27 years deserves one chance to say sorry with your actions and to do right, then come out and say that. We are fortunate where we are in central Canada. Cancel culture isn't big in in central Canada. It's not quite as bad as other regions for sure. Yeah. And it's the wrestling business where there are people that will argue Chris Benoit belongs in the wrestling hall of fame. Yeah. He doesn't. No, of course not. So I believe rather than cancel Adam Knight, I think you got to give him a chance to go out better than this. And I'm his harshest critic. That, that, uh, that's another question though. Uh, could CWE bring him back with what has happened. The fact that this video has gone viral, uh, or I don't know if it's gone viral, but I won't be surprised if it has by this point. Like what could they bring him back? Would it be a liability issue for them? Like there's a lot of what liability issue they, the CWE successfully policed their own locker room. One of their, one of their guys, I've talked to the victim. He is not, he is not angry. No, he's not injured. He, he feels bad about it. It was unpleasant, but he, I don't get this. In, in some ways, Sheldon, 
the the victim is he he's liking that it he's a focal point yeah and so i don't know i think that he can come back the thing is will the locker room accept him maybe not that locker room well he would it's better he goes to the locker room where he has to gain acceptance than go somewhere else and look like, because then there's going to be hard feelings where, why is that promoter giving him a shot? And I, I agree with that. So I think he's got to mend fences and reach out to people. He's, he owes a lot of people apologies. The fact that he apologized to Sheldon, but never apologized to me for the stupid thing he did in 08. I didn't do the Rokeby rip. Him punching me was stupid. And then Andrew popped patted him on the back and named a show New Year's knockout after it. It wasn't a knockout. It was a New Year's embarrassment for, for the, for the PCW. He had to apologize to the guy named Blue Jay. And we're going to, we could have had Sean Brown come on and talk about that incident, but I didn't want to make it worse. So Knight, if you want to go out better than this, as an industry, let's try to make it happen. But you're going to have to be honest and contrite and you're going to have to do better. And guys like Easy Rider are going to have to be willing to accept you having that opportunity. Yeah, and and, and I, I don't know if you, you got to it because you mentioned his apology online, but he did apologize to the fan as well at the show. And the the fan, obviously, Sheldon, uh, accepted his apology and has, you know, has since, I guess, sort of, like you mentioned, sort of relished in the attention. I wouldn't say relished in the attention. I would say that Sheldon's not disappointed that people are talking about him. Right. But that's a natural reaction, by the way, for, you know, anybody that says, oh, the fans should never put their hands on Adam Knight. Understand that Adam Knight was never in danger. Watch the video. That's not wrong though. I mean, you're, you're right. He, he was never in danger, but fans should never be putting their hands on a wrestler. Especially in that situation. I don't consider what we're dealing with. Diminished capacity. Yeah. Right. It's not, like there, the the it was an overcompensation on Adam Knight's part, and uh, I wish Tom Pritchard hadn't deleted his comment because there's a guy that's trained the very very best in the industry from Vince McMahon to Kurt Angle to, to the Rock. Up, yep, the Rock. Yeah. His viewpoint on it was that he was utterly disgusted. He since took it down, so I'm not going to read it. I have it. Um. So I'm not piling on Adam Knight. And and I said this several times in the podcast. I don't hate Adam Knight. I actually will choose to, re- like every professional should, choose to remember something good about Adam Knight. And there's plenty I could remember. Yeah. This guy in 2005, when I wanted to put AEWE on pay-per-view, he's the guy that did all the legwork to get the CanCon number. And I leaned on him a lot and he did everything I ever asked for. That's the Adam Knight I'm always going to choose to remember. Not the idiot that punched me, right? Not the idiot that did this. In this day and age where cell phone cams are so common, yeah, you can't do stupid stuff. No. So Knight, you might hate me. I've said this before, but I don't hate you. I, it's not my place to forgive, but as... Much like Easy Rider thinks he has a right to to hold you accountable, it was my industry at one point too, and I have a right to say you need to do better. And uh, Danny yes. Duggan has that right. And the good news was the CWE locker room policed itself mm-hmm. and made sure that the victim was okay, made sure that the person who did this was held accountable. So there's so many positive. Now my last message on this is to the paying audience. 
People who might say, you know what, it's a little too violent. What if that was my teenage kid that got slapped? Wrestlers shouldn't be physically assaulting fans. That's true. But you do need to realize that the CWE went out of their way to hold that person accountable to the point where he may never wrestle a match again. It's going to take a lot for me to see the outlaw have his last ride, but I want it to happen because I'm a sucker for happy endings. And this is not a happy ending. And comeback stories. There won't be a comeback. It will be a final ride. That's what I'm talking about. That's his comeback. It's his chance to make redemption, maybe. Um, So fans, I've always said the most important people are the ones that buy the ticket. And that's why what Adam Knight did was so wrong. But I still believe you got to support your local indie. You got to understand that if something like that ever happens, that person is held accountable to the point where if the, if the victim had wanted to call the police, the promoter would have been right there giving the statement that would have got that wrestler charged. So anybody that wants to throw shade on Danny Duggan, that guy handled it responsibly. I was proud of the way Danny handled it. I was proud to hear the easy rider who I've not always been on good terms with stepped up in the locker room and said, no, no way. You're not allowed to do that. And you're not allowed to be here if you do. But I want to, I want to end this story being somewhat proud of Adam Knight that he faced it. He owned it and that he got it one last ride to get it right. That's what I want. And I hope Adam Knight will eventually hear this. Um, but I, as for me piling on, when I posted on Facebook, I actually wanted to see what guys were going to say, well, the wrestler's okay here because fans shouldn't put their hands on him. That wasn't this case. He was not in danger. His overcompensation was ridiculous. Yes. And to the, to the promoter who said, well, it's on, the, it's on the promoters to make sure securities are, there was venue security, but they didn't know if it was a work or a shoot. They didn't know if it was story or, or show, a show or a reality. Obviously, and it, it isn't, there is no justification for what happened. No. And, and, if, and, you, and you're going to fall on, it's tone deaf to try to justify it. So that's the last thing I'm going to say. And I may not say Adam Knight's name ever again. I'm going to miss those YouTube promos. I'm going to miss knowing that one of the guys that, one of my contemporaries, we broke in at the same time in 1995. Okay, so before we put a bow on this, you, you said you wouldn't produce them, but how would you? If you had to produce them for this. Depends on the timing of it. But what I would do is I would, I would give him a chance, give him some time to cool down. That might be three months. He was in an angle with James Roth. I would have him come back and finish the angle with James Roth in which I would have it be if Adam Knight loses to James Roth, he, that the, the victims get to come in and whip him in the ring with a belt. Yeah. And I know that sounds over the top, but it's, it's the revenge story. Yeah. And if Adam Knight wins, he gets to continue his career. But if he loses, it's the end of the road and it's his last ride. And I would have him lose and I would have them come in and lash him with a belt. And and perhaps if if you're listening and maybe you're not uh, necessarily a wrestling fan from way back when or or at all, uh, it's not uncommon for there to be a strap match or a belt match. It's it's a comeuppance. So so for, for him to get whipped, it would suck. It would definitely hurt. But it wouldn't be something that he probably, he's probably had a strap match before. He's probably. Well, it's Hulk Hogan whipped David Flair. Yeah. Really mercilessly. Yeah. And it's happened that way. Like, and these guys aren't going to kill him with the straps. No, no. I mean. But it's, it's, it's about, they get their, they get their, their last, their moment of glory. They're going to love it. Adam Knight gets his last match to go out properly, gets grabbed the stick and say, sorry. And thank you for everything. Right. Yeah. 
like that's what I see off the top of my head of how I would book it. But something like that, where it's he, if he wins, he gets to continue his career. So there's stakes. Um, but he would have to be produced on how to cut the promo. So he's not dismissive. Cause that's one of the problems in his promos. He was utterly disp- dismissive to the point of being disrespectful to the people he was wrestling against. And he has to, it has to, he has to look bad to make other people look good so that he gets his last ride. It's, and that's just, that's spitballing. That wouldn't be up to me. I wouldn't be the guy to produce it because right. he doesn't trust me. And, and, and the right guy to get through to him is, is Mecca Shane. Yeah. Uh, like, He's the guy that's the most patient with him. You know, we know from our conversations yesterday. Yes. Before, you know, that Mecca was more sympathetic than I was to Adam Knight. I'm, this is sympathy. What I'm saying, like, yeah, I'm not throwing the book at him. I don't want to see him canceled. I want to see him get the chance to go out properly. All right. Well, let's, on that note, let's take a break and we're going to come back and talk about some other things and maybe a little less somber. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code Bees Cheese. Again, the code is B E E Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. All right, Mike, before we move on, I was just thinking, you know, given that we were talking about the great Pepito last week and what he went through and how you maybe some would say made light of it. Do you feel a, l- a little more contrite given what has happened now with the, with the Adam Knight situation? I've always said that this podcast would give many, re- many people reasons to consider canceling me because I was no angel. I did stupid shit. Um, the one thing I said last week when I, told the story and I told the story. It's a funny story. It's an unfortunate story. But one thing I said at the end of that was that I loved the great Pepito. He's a legend in my eyes and always will be. And that was sincere. And that I wanted him to work for me after that. And because of that. um, So I'm not, I'm not any better than Adam Knight other than I haven't physically gotten into an altercation with a fan or, or made fun of them in a way that was, not, not at all. Yeah. Proper. But what happened to Pepito was a guy who was in the professional wrestling business who fell for it, hit a ring that he shouldn't have hit. And it's different than what Adam, than what I'm saying Adam Knight did wrong. But anybody that wants to cancel me for it, they just don't have to listen. Yeah. Right. They, and, and they can move, they can start a movement online to cancel me. The problem is the good outweighs the bad in my career. And anybody that wants to debate me on that, I'm willing to go toe-to-toe with them. I didn't do the great Pepito rib. That's the one thing that has to be clear. I knew about it. So I'd, if, if, I had, if I'd been a conspirator in the JFK assassination. You were complicit? And knew that JFK was going to get shot in Dallas, November 22nd, 1963, and didn't alert anybody, I should be charged with treason and, and face the death penalty conspiracy to commit murder. 
So I knew that Pepito, that the, the rib had been laid. I didn't call Shellcross and say, careful, this is going to happen. I'm, so for that level, I'm, I'm guilty to a level. But I love the great Pepito. And I think Pepito knows that I respect him and feel bad for everything that happened in his career. And so it's different uh, in light of it that it was three days later and then I was on my podcast snickering and thinking it was the greatest story ever. I wouldn't drop that podcast after the incident knowing that the incident was going to happen. Right. Um, but it's different. It's quite different. Pepito was in the wrestling business accepting a booking that he should have qualified before he hit a ring. But I'm contrite. And I, and I would apologize to Pepito's face. I said in the podcast that he's a legend to me and I meant it. And I, I've always thought kindly of Pepito. All right, fair enough. And speaking of cancelled folk, let's talk about Vince McMahon. <laughs> Is he cancelled? He's not cancelled, but he was definitely cancelled adjacent. He was cancelled adjacent, and now he's <sighs> going to try to, uh, well, apparently he's trying to make a comeback. If you believe the Wall Street Journal, Vince McMahon has a plan to come back and take over the WWE in March. I'm skeptical. I, I don't believe the... I don't believe the report until Vince McMahon starts making moves to that nature. And you'll see the signs. I'll give you what you should watch for. If all of a sudden something happens to devalue WWE stock, it would be, even though that's going to devalue Vince's net worth, it would be so he can buy more stock to have more power. Right. right? If you start to see that, watch for a big buy of stock either by Vince McMahon or by some investment bank or hedge fund that's backing him in this move. That's what he's going to need to do. He's going to need to acquire more stock in order to be able to potentially vote to maybe privatize WWE, as Brian last said on the Jim Cornette podcast, or he's going to have to have a, a, such a power base in terms of stock that nobody can stop him. It will not happen any other way. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as co-CEOs aren't going to open that door. They can't. The board of directors isn't going to open that door. They can't. Triple H isn't, he doesn't get any say in this. He is going to continue to run the creative of WWE effectively the way he has. So for Vince to do this, it's going to be a business maneuver. It's going to be a takeover of sorts. I don't think he can do it. No, and that breeds, uh, breeds a question for me. How much involvement with WWE does he still still have? Like, obviously, he's zero. He's the biggest single stakeholder in the company. Then, if but he's, he's silent. If he's if he's devaluing the stock, that is that not insider trading? He won't devalue the stock covert, uh, overtly. Right. It will be something where his statements about trying to take over the company could lead to instability with the stock price. And then he benefits by buying up more stock. Yeah, I get that. I just think it puts him in a position to have the SEC come after him. Why? For insider trading. He's not manipulating the stock price. He's in that. He would have to his, announce his intention to take over the company. But if his actions are directly causing the stock his prices, action it, isn't, it, it, it no, might not affect the stock market. But if they negatively. are, he won't know that. And then he buys the, it buys the shares. That's, that's called a, a line. Except the problem is he doesn't know that by him, making moves to try to get back his position of power in WWE, that that's going to increase or decrease the stock market value, right? No, he doesn't know. But if it does, he still can buy. Well, it might not be him who buys it. Yeah. That, it might that, be a hedge fund or someone he knows is going to back his play. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know this. I'm not, I'm not a wall street expert by any stretch of the imagination, 
But funny, when we talked with Jeez Weez, he said Vince will never be back, and 99% chance he's right. I, but he yeah. was also the guy last summer saying Vince is going nowhere. Th- that's and true. And Vince ended up having, I knew it was bad in three months before he stepped aside, that it, it, this is not looking good. It's a, it's a sex scandal. The problem for Vince is this. If he's at all successful in doing this, what's stopping Fox from saying we don't want to be in business with Vince McMahon? Yeah, 100%. And, and that, that's, what, that's what I see happening. If he were to do that and if he, he were to take the company private, let's just say that is what he's doing or he wants to do. or he, he I think said, that's a stretch. He would lose, I would think he would lose the Fox partnership. I would also think that Peacock would have a question Those or Those might be in jeopardy. We don't know this. We don't know, like, it's only speculation for us to talk about. Oh, yeah, we're just, and that's all we're doing at this point, folks, is just speculating. But what I would say is the danger of Vince, first, it's going to cost him a fortune. He is going to need somebody backing him to take this private. It is not going to be easy. It's a billion-dollar company. No, and at 76 years old. But we've always heard that WWE could be bought, could be sold, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And what's stopping him from figuring out how to buy it? I don't know. I still, I still think that that's in play. I still think the selling of the the company. I still think that's in play. I think it's something that's ongoing. And I've always said, and you'll you'll say no, no, no. I know you will. But I've always thought it was Disney. I've always thought it was I Disney. I wouldn't say no. That I, I don't. I can't. I have no expertise on who's going to buy it. I, I I don't know that it's yes or no. There's a there's a synergy for why because Disney, Disney own, would buy. They it. own Fox. What's stopping The Rock, who's been able to back movies and back this XFL from finding finance financing and, and being a part of a buyout. What's stopping, you know, UFC or ESPN. There's so many players, ESPN's Disney. There's so many players out there. It's impossible and irresponsible for us to speculate who would end up buying it. I believe Peacock would have some say in trying to own it. Sure. NBC. Why not? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it seems that Vince McMahon may at least be planning some strategy, if it's true, but I don't know if I believe the report. I don't, I don't either. Yeah, and I, I and I'm on board with Jeez Weez in this one, where he says I, he'll never be back. I don't think it's going to happen. Jeez Weez loves to look at the preponderance of likelihood and say 99% chance Vince won't be back. He never will look at the 1%. That's why last summer he said Vince is going nowhere, and then it happened, and he was caught off guard because he didn't understand all you had to understand all the things that were happening behind the scenes yeah. that made Vince have to go away. But I think when Vince went away, I think he thought I'm going to go away for six months, let this all cool down. And then I'm riding back in. And I think now it's a different, it's a different yeah, uh, level of uh, playing field. Um, what would it do to the WWE? Because I think it would really... Kill their momentum uh, as t- yeah. in terms of creative and television and output. Goodwill with the fans, because the fans know what's happening. They know... Everybody knows everything now. So the fans know who's running the show now. They know it's Triple H and Stephanie. It will kill Triple. their momentum. It'll kill their momentum. It'll kill the goodwill that fans have built. Because now Triple H is seen as a different type of... It's a different vision, different, different voice. Vision. It's like, think, think of this like pro sports. You loved, or you liked the head coach. He had a hell, he had a hell of a run, successful, won championships. That's what WWE did. It was a dynasty. And then it started, it stopped working and it, it got stale. And now the new voice is in there and you got a chance to win championships and be a dynasty again. Yes. And that's the momentum they've got. They got to stay the course. They got to get to mania. 
and look at it this way. Mick Foley's being rumored to be coming back. Cena's going to do a match, potentially. Rock's coming back for WrestleMania. A lot of people that were just not coming back are suddenly probably coming back between WrestleMania 39 and WrestleMania 40. Yeah. The trend is right. Stick with what's working for WWE. But I think Vince is too selfish and wants to work again. And he doesn't have a project. I think he should be focusing on his autobiography, his movie rights. Yes. Him telling his story his way. I, I'm skeptical. I don't know what sex scandals were. A lot of it was he was paying people who worked for him. Hush money at the end of it. Right? Yeah. Non-disclosures. Here's your money. Do not talk about this. And he's trying to say it was because he didn't want his infidelity exposed. Okay. But then there's talk that Rita Chatterton was raped in the 80s. Yeah. And she's suing him for $11.5 million. Now, if he settles that out and pays it, Every time you pay money to somebody, the inference is there yep. you paid because there was something you didn't want to come out. Yeah. That's so I think it's a stretch for Vince to come back. I actually remember in my prediction last week on episode 34, I said I believe Vince will be honored at WrestleMania and it'll cause some backlash and pushback from sponsors and and potentially TV networks. I don't know if they're going to honor him now that he's making yeah, I don't, you know, I don't whispers see it happening. of coming back. And the other one thing I'm going to say is if you're Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H, you're probably looking at Kevin Dunn and, and Bruce Pritchard, two guys very loyal to Vince, and you might be kicking them out the door and giving them the pink slip and yeah. wishing them their future endeavors because they're probably communicating stuff to Vince you may not want him to know. They're his stooges, probably. It's possible. I'm not saying Bruce Pritchard's a stooge, but I'm saying like, the, his power base of people that are still there are definitely going to be giving him information that you may not want him to know because so every corporation is its own entity. It's its own person. WWE is its own entity. And just because Vince owns a lot of stock in that entity does not mean that's an extension of Vince McMahon. That's why he had to step away. Him coming back to take it over is going to be hostile and it's going to be extremely disruptive for business. It's a bad move. Yeah, yeah and I think it would tank, tank, tank their well, tank their momentum, but it tank the business. I would not be buying after that suggestion that Vince is trying to is looking at getting back. I would not buy stock right now because seventy five dollars or eighty dollars is going to be forty dollars real quick if it disrupts the momentum of the company. I, so I that's agree. my take on it, and I know that we have our Mary Brown's mailbag coming up. And oh, we're I got one more one more uh, okay. mainstream thing to talk about. I want to talk about the Sasha. Sasha Banks thing. I know you've seen this online. Yeah. That she, the, her release from WWE was negotiated months ago. She's going to be a player starting January 1st, I believe, 2023. Right away in 2023 at any rate. Um, some people are saying, you know, you know, she might end up in all elite. I don't see it happening. I think her price is going to be real high because she not only was she, you know, real good in WWE, she's also got the Hollywood thing going on. She's been in the Star Wars shows. She's been in a few different movies. I don't, I, I, and I honestly don't see her as somebody who would move the needle long-term. Now, if they brought her back, or AEW brought her in for a bit, she'd move the needle initially, but things would just settle right back down. I don't think she's, I don't think she's like a, she's not like a John Cena level. She's not like a, somebody who's going to move the needle long-term. I'm just wondering your thoughts on that. Uh, she's a big name. She's huge. Tony Khan will pay the most to get her. So she likely goes to all elite. Um, I, I don't see impact even th thinking about no. putting that kind of money in play. 
I think any deal she does, it's going to be, she does X amount of appearances and then she still focuses on her Hollywood aspirations, assuming she has some. I think she's a big player. I really do. I think that women's wrestling is huge and popular now. And I think you have to think, if you're thinking about women's wrestling, does it engage women to watch the product or does it still engage, is it still a part of the men's fantasy, right? So is it worth the money to bring her in? Well, let me get to that. One thing I'll tell you is when Sean Brown, who's a huge WWE fan, his daughter was a huge fan of the female talent. In fact, I think Sasha Banks once retweeted Sean Brown's uh, Instagram post and whatever. Yeah. Shared it, right? So if it's going to engage young young girls and women like Sasha Banks is a superhero, and if women are going to watch and say, hey, I like the women in this, it inspires me. It's a great investment. I think all elites, the place she goes, but isn't New Japan on the radar there too? I would imagine so. They've, I, they've yeah. got the money for it. And isn't she doing a, a New Japan shot? I, I, think, I, I think I heard that yeah, in I, January she's supposed to. I can't remember if that was her or not. I, I get a lot going on, especially this last couple little while. Um, but at the end of the day, I think H also will tr- try to do something to get her back into WWE. She's a major player for women, and, it's, and that's a big part of the audience. So... It, but it, it's not going to be impact. It's not going to be NWA. I don't think a lot of people are going to pay her indie rate, whatever that's yeah. going to be. So it's going to it's going to be a two dog race. Then it's time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken crave delicious. Who has fourteen Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. Three questions this week on the Mary Brown's mailbag coming at you hot, ready, and delicious just like a spicy Big Mary. You can ask your questions on Twitter using the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag. Send us an email at totalbeeshees at gmail.com. Instagram and Facebook at totalbeeshees. All right, question one. Coming in from Monica, and she used the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag. A few episodes ago, Mike said that wrestlers had blocked him on Twitter, but didn't say who it was. <laughs> Mike, fess up. <laughs> All right. So uh, they actually blocked the Total Beeshees show on Twitter, not Mike Davidson personally, although I think one of these did. Obviously, the first one was Adam Knight, the outlaw. Mm-hmm. He uh, he blocked us on Twitter, and I know why, because he has forever held a grudge against me since 2008. I talked about that earlier. It's his grudge. It's not mine. Um, so blocked, no problem. The other one, actually, interestingly enough, the Mecca Shane Madison tried to guess a couple of weeks ago and he was wrong, but we did that off air. We yeah. didn't do it on air. Cause if he'd been right, I didn't want to give it away. He is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. He is the honky tonk really? man. And the reason he blocked us is early on in the total Bishi show. I talked about an incident with him and Brutus beefcake where they cut my hair unprofessionally. And I was pretty honest about it. And I don't know if he listened, but I did tweet out the, the story in the link and I think he just realized, oh, I don't want to, I don't want Mike Davidson having access to my Twitter. Yeah. And so blocked <laughs> and oh, well, like 
I don't care about honky. I was actually, I was going to rib honky, but I didn't. But I might, but, <laughs> but I haven't. But you haven't. In the tone of this week's episode, I'm not going to, I'm not spiteful. I don't want to sound like I'm going to do something like wrestling Taliban-ish on poor Honky, but yeah. All right, there we go. And this one from our Instagram, question number two from Andy. He says, Ric Flair or Nick Bockwinkle, who was the better world champion in the 1980s? Ooh, early 80s, I would argue Nick Bockwinkle. So would I. Because I think Flair only had two runs, 81 and then 83, he won it at Starcade. So definitely early 80s was Nick Bockwinkle. But AWA was on the, after the Hulk Hogan run with Nick Bockwinkle, um, he then loses it to Jumbo Sharuda, who loses it to Rick Martel. And then he gets it back in 86 from Hanson, who loses it by default, loses it, and he transitions to Henning. Great job. He made Kurt Henning. Yeah. He did an amazing job. He did what a veteran, an aging veteran should do on, on the way out. Make the guy who's going to be t- carrying the territory. His work in the early 80s, though, was was fantastic. And I think he, him and Heenan together and up until 83 or 84 was top notch. So I'd say early 80s, Nick Bockwinkle. But by 85, 86, Ric Flair was just coming into his prime. So it's half and half. Early yeah. 80s, Nick. Late 80s, Ric Flair. And that's exactly what I had written down here. I, I had prior to 86, Bachwinkle. Yeah. And that's what I had. So, all right, question number three from Jimmy. Mike and G's Wees obviously go back a long ways as friends, but has there ever been any legitimate heat between the two? Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> it was friendship that just went awry for a period of time. And that was around 2000 and the summer of 2009, or no, uh, 2007. In 2007, okay, so it's unfortunate. It was wrestling politics that intervened. Um, so we've been friends since 1999, very good friends. Like, he's my best friend in the business. And in 2007, it was the convention center show, and he wanted Ryan Wood to referee, and I said no. Ryan Wood had heat with Jeff Dick, and I said no. And then... He called, he called and tried to keep, he pushed. And I said, stop, it's not happening. And then later that night, I had all the crew going out to a function and Wallace brought, sorry, Mecca brought Ryan Wood. And I was like, what are you doing bringing him here? Like, you know, he's, he's persona non grata. He's not welcome. And that led to him and I having a bit of a falling out and it lasted six months. Later on that, during that six months, uh, I found out Jeff Dick had given him comps to the show where we had Jerry Lawler unadvertised. Oh. And I was mad. I said, why are you giving him comps? I said, no problem. I'm just going to have security go and usher him out right before the main event. Screw him. Because he had went on, he was, it had gotten pretty petty. He'd went out on one of the message boards or something or he wrote a blog and he said, if they draw 600 people, I'll do handstands in the, in the aisle. We drew 900 people. And I knew we were over 600 when he said, I was just insulted by the comments. And, um, but it was just, you know, like two guys, two alpha males, kind of, it, it kind of went awry. It was actually Andrew Shellcross who helped bridge the gap and make us friends again. Wow. I, yeah, I, we, we, we had spent every weekend at the beach together in the sun, and then we didn't. And we, we just didn't talk. Like, we'd be in the same room, not acknowledge each other. And that was hard. And, you know, our friendship got stronger after it for it. But uh, that's how, when I was running... WFX, AWE, or any of those companies, I was pretty headstrong. And if I believed I was right, nothing was going to make me think I was wrong. Yeah. 
Um, Jeff Dick tried to keep the peace between us. It didn't work. When I heard he got a comp to a show that he was saying that we would never succeed at, I was hot. Um, but I always respected him and I love him. Like he's like a brother. Um, and I owe him a lot. And it's unfortunate we've ever had, that was the only time we really had crosswords. So, but, uh, thank God it didn't last forever. Fair enough, and, and way to go answering that question. Everybody, Mike does not know these questions beforehand, and that one was definitely, like, I saw that question, I was like, I got to ask it because it's going to throw them off. And bit. Monica is the recipient of the $25 oh. Mary Brown's gift card this week. Mary Brown's chicken, Crave Delicious. Um, <laughs> so if you ask a question in the next week for episode 36, you might just win. You got a one in three chance of winning the Mary Brown's gift card. And, um, yeah, I've been I went to Mary Brown's and... I am never more satisfied, especially when you talk about quick service food. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. It's the best chicken sandwich you can get. Um, Before we go, there is something I was going to say. I want to thank everybody. This is our last show of 2022. Thank you so much. Over 35 weeks, you've made us the place to be. Please subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Click subscribe and that way it automatically loads into your podcast feeder, whether that's Apple, iTunes, all of them, Spotify. Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Just subscribe. Give us a a rating. I used to say give us a three-star rating, but we're a five-star podcast. Yes. We cover things. I'm proud of the way we've covered local wrestling and today proved that we would not shy away from the hard stuff. And it's not all, I want people who listen to this podcast to support the independent show. The fans are the most important part of the equation because without the fans paying for the ticket, nobody gets paid. So your support is invaluable to us. And it's inval- It's not invaluable to me. It's invaluable to the promoters and the wrestlers. Yes. And that's why um, please continue to support, subscribe, share the social media, follow us on social media. And like, we got to grow this. Like, I'm always happy we're in Chartable Weekly, which is a testament, you know, for, we don't, I don't put a lot of money into this podcast. I put time and effort in. Chris, you put time and effort in. Yeah. But the support is amazing. I appreciate every, everybody who, who texts me, messages me and says, you know, like, where'd you come up with this? Bret Hart was in on Montreal. CM Punk is definitely not coming back to All Elite. You know what? I've been right more than I've been wrong. Stick with us. It's 2023, we've got some special stuff planned. And I am so grateful to the people who made 2022 a great year. And by the way, how thrilling is it when you get that text? Do you, do you remember the first text you got about the podcast? I know I'm asking Scotty another question. Townsend. But you get, you get a text and you're like, like, because when we do this, we're, we're in a room alone right now. We're in my studio. Yep. Like, we're, we don't know if people are listening. We no, don't we know see people. the numbers. We see the number, but we don't know who it is. So when you get a text from somebody you know, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I'm getting so people. when Scotty Townsend was one of the very first who sent me a, a t- and I, I was surprised. And I was like, he's the best bartender in town. Yeah. He works for the world famous Palomino Club. And I, I remember being so flattered and touched by that. And um, and the axe, Stephen Hole, who's yeah. been my friend for over 20 years, he, he became somebody who always supports it, always does little things to contribute to our effort. Um, and then Spider, Dave Cote. Like I'm thinking of the ones that really stand yeah. out. Tim Halbert. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, Brad Sarna, Liam Phillips, Scott Carnegie, uh, who I always say his name different than everybody else. <laughs> That's the way I say his name too. Is that 
the right way. Scott, correct us. I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, TJ Bratt listens. Yeah. Shane Madison listened. Uh, and when I'm wrong, I don't mind. I love being wrong. I said that in one podcast. I, I like being wrong, but I like being right just as much. But I love somebody pointing out where I'm wrong, right? So, but anybody, all those, those are the ones that came to mind to me of the people who are, who constant, Todd Bullitt constantly are giving me feedback. Uh, there's a lot of other ones that are spot, like, like that Chris guy who sent us an email saying, yeah. how could I be, was it Chris or whatever, who, who had a Mary Brown mailbag question that will never get asked about yeah. you and Adam Knight. Yes. It was like, <laughs> I don't care if it's negative. No, I don't listen. Give us a rating, five stars, subscribe, listen every week, share it, tell people if you like wrestling, listen to the Total She show. It might not be the Total She show forever. I've heard, I, I might rename this thing, you know, but um if I rename it, it's going to be something cool. I promise you that. But stick with us. 2023 is going to be even better than 2022. We're going to continue to cover independent wrestling, the economics of independent wrestling, mainstream wrestling, what Tony Khan could do better, what Winnipeg wrestling, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling is doing right to hit. I have all those sellouts. How good CWE is doing, how, how good Triple H is doing, impact wrestling, why it should come to Winnipeg. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I loved this year. I had so much fun, and I, I thank everybody. Thank you, everybody, and you heard it here. If you want to touch Mike Davidson's heart, <laughs> you can leave. I won't slap you. Leave a rating. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock? I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Eriks can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling. Really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Why well, wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling.
R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?